0: There was this great preacher who was giving a uh, lengthy sermon one Sunday, and I'm going to smile at him because he's heard this one before. <laughs> it's a Tresdeus joke. <laughs> but uh, during the sermon, he noticed uh, one of his uh, people in his church, his name was Joe, and uh, right in the middle of the sermon, he gets up and walks out the back door, and uh, about a half an hour later, comes back in and sits back down. So later on, when the whole sermon was ended and over, um, he went up to Joe. He said, "Joe, what, you know, what's going on? You walked out in the middle of my sermon." He says, "Yeah." He says, "I had to go get a haircut." He says, "Why'd you have to get a haircut?" He said, "Why didn't you get the haircut before? You know, some day before I gave my sermon." He says, "Well." When you started the sermon, I didn't need a haircut. (laughs) Cute. I'll be the judge of your sermon today. If you need a haircut, we're in trouble, right? right. (laughs) But I promise my sermon will not be that long. You will not need a haircut in a minute. Okay. So I have a couple of questions to ask you, and I just kind of want you to hold on to your answers. Um, I kind of use it later on. The first question is, why do you go to church? I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds to kind of formulate your answer. Don't you know? I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask anybody to yell out their answers at all. Why do you go to church? Second question, why do you go to Bridge Builders' church? Again, don't feel intimidated because I'm not going to ask you to yell out those answers. Now, this third one, you can yell out an answer for. If I say these two words, what's the first things that come to your mind? Holy Spirit. God, comforter. Mm -hmm. Power. Power. Freedom. Freedom. Wisdom. Somebody yelled something and I missed it. Anybody else? Okay, we've got some really good ones. Um, one that I was thinking of because I thought I did kind of did this to myself and all these answers that you just came up with were pretty much there. Person. okay? Because sometimes we think in terms of the Holy Spirit as being an it or a thing or something like that, you know. Um, Not so much that we think about him that way, but that, in the, kind of like in the back of our minds, we don't really think about him as a person, and he, and he is. All right. There was a story that I remember reading in high school, and it was about Rip Van Winkle. And I just remember Rip Van Winkle falling asleep, and then I think he, he wakes up And it was years later, and I I checked with my wife, because she has better memory than I do, and she said it was 25 years, that he woke up 25 years later. So I thought about something from early church, okay? And in in a couple of minutes, you'll see where I'm going with all this. If somebody during a church service in the early church fell asleep, like Rib Van Winkle, and slept for 2,000 years, and woke up during a church service in 2017. What do you think they would say? Mm. Yeah. Say that loud. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. What happened? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, last. <Lance. laughs> Yeah, what happened? Because there's such a difference between church in the early church in the early years that we're going to be looking at today and what's going on today. Today, there's a lot of bells and whistles in church as far as different things are concerned. You know, um, going back to that question, you know, why why do you go to church and why do you go to Bridge Builders Church? Um, I think a lot of people in in their answers, and this doesn't mean it's it's your answer, and and there's no right or wrong answer for this, by the way, but some people will say, well, I like the music in that church, or I like the pastor, or I like the way he gives sermons, or I'm just very comfortable in that church. It's a real nice building, and I feel so comfortable when I walk in there. There's all kinds of answers that you might hear. But as I was, if I've been studying things in the Acts of the Apostles, I think the answer that I would like to give somebody is, I go to this church because they have the power of the Holy Spirit. They walk in that power. And that's, you know, I think that's what's missing In many of the churches today, and in general now, I'm not talking about any church in particular, but in many of the churches today, that power of the Holy Spirit was there in the early church. It was there. When you read the Acts of the Apostles, you can see that the power of the Holy Spirit moving through the people in the early church. And you don't necessarily walk into every church in America today and have that same experience. So this is, this is what we want to start talking about. Jay and I were talking about back probably the early December, I think, when we were saying, you know, what sermon series do we want to have following the new year? And God had been working on my heart for this individually he had taken me into the Acts of the Apostles and I was reading some scriptures in there and some scriptures about uh, Jesus' life and as I was reading them, I saw that Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's, I, I looked at the, in the Old Testament and I'll show you a scripture in there that that shows that. In the Old Testament, prophets walked in that power of the Holy Spirit. And it's obvious that In the New Testament church, they walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what's missing from the early church to now is not something, but it's someone. Okay, that's what we're we're missing. We're missing that power of the Holy Spirit. Now, unfortunately, you can't open the Bible and find the formula for that. You know, if you do step one, step two, and step three, now you have the power of the Holy Spirit not work that way. So we have to kind of learn this together. Okay? So what I want to do today is just look at the Scriptures, because this is kind of the beginning of our series. We have no idea how long this series is going to go. We're not sure. Jay even said, you know, Pentecost is coming. You know, when you think of Pentecost, we're talking about a long ways away. So I don't know if it's going to go that long. But, but there's a lot of aspects of the Holy Spirit, that it's going to take really a long time to uh, get in and really identify these things and see, you know, how we want to walk in that. So let's take a, a, a meander here through some of the scriptures, and as we do, uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, what happened in the New Testament times, and try to work in the future as to getting that into our own lives. So I want to start in uh, Luke ch- uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So if you're going to open your Bibles, then just go to Luke 4. I am going to be throw, you know, moving around quite a bit in, in the Bible. So if you're you know, just to, just to be ready for that, and if you don't catch up with me at some point, just listen carefully, because sometimes I'm just reading one scripture. This is, the, this is the scripture that I was reading, actually, that I felt God was telling me that, that this is what he wants me to do. And when Jay and I started discussing this about the uh, future sermons, it was like, well, you know, maybe he's telling me because he wants bridge builders to, to move in this. So this is about Jesus when he is go, goes into the uh, desert, and as he's in the desert, he's tempted by the devil um, uh, several times and uses God's word all right, to do it. But why did he go into the desert in the first place? It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right. Now, let's skip down to 14. This is after he comes out of the desert. And it says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. So we, have, we see three things here. He, first, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, he's led by the Spirit. And then third, he's walking in the power of the Spirit. So you see the different aspects of the Holy Spirit here. And this isn't all encompassing. This isn't everything. You know, in other words, there's other aspects of the Holy Spirit that we're going to see as we move through the New Testament. We're not going to talk about all of them today. But these are the things and I said, you know, I would really want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'd like to see here in Bridge Builders. I would like to see I would like somebody walk in that back door. And when they leave at the end, they say, man, that church really moves in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is, this is, this is what got me excited, and I, and I just want to see us doing that. So uh, let's, let's take a look at um, also Acts 1, just verse 2. And this is just kind of solidifying what we were just talking about. Acts 1-2, I'll start with one. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay. So he walks in the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave the commandments through the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus really didn't do anything without the Holy Spirit, all right? And, you know, when, we, when we're praying and you see the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus. So it's really important to have that power, that, that leading, okay? And, uh, and just very quickly on Acts chapter 10, <coughs> verse uh, 38. And this is Peter talking. And he says, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. See, with the Holy Spirit and with power. That power comes through the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, we have not experienced a lot of healings, real big supernatural healings in Bridge Builders Church. We, We do pray over people. And I believe God does heal people through, di- through various means, but we never had somebody walk in, let's say, with a broken leg, and we just prayed for that person and everything, you know, and, and that leg was healed. So I don't know what happens when you start moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, when it really becomes something that is, is so embedded in our church here, in, you know, in our, in our body of believers. That you know, maybe people when they do walk out will, you know, will be totally healed and they'll walk out knowing that they're healed. I don't know, but that's what we want to experience and see. You know, see what happens. Okay, so we can see how the power of the Holy Spirit moved in the life of Jesus. Um, go to Second Peter chapter one if you want to, and if not, I'm just going to read one verse. One verse, twenty-one. And this is talking about all the Old Testament prophets. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. See, all the Old Testament prophets using the Holy Spirit, okay? It was the Holy Spirit that was moving them to say or write whatever it is that they were prophesying at the time. So we see it in the Old Testament, We see it in the life of Jesus. Now let's take a look at it in the New Testament church. So, we're going to go into Acts, and we're going to spend a lot of time in Acts right now. Uh, Let's start out with Acts, chapter 2, verse 15. We know uh, the story of Peter. All right, Peter um, followed Jesus for three years during uh, the time he was he was very uh, brazen in his uh, attitudes. He would speak up a lot of times, uh, and he told Jesus that he was willing to die with him. But what happened the night that Jesus was, um, you know, taken into custody is that. Peter denied him three times and then went away and and wept bitterly over what had happened. So here's a man that, I'm not going to say Peter was a coward, because we don't know what we would have done either in in that situation. It was a very intense uh, situation. But um, as brave as he talked, he didn't have that bravery when it came really time uh, for action. But here's Peter. Okay, on the day of Pentecost. And it says, we'll start in verse 14. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So, here's a man that's a fisherman. And he followed Jesus for three years. But he never went to Bible school. He never really studied. He, I mean, they've read the Old Testament, but he didn't, you know, he didn't memorize bits and parts of the Old Testament like the Pharisees had done. And yet, here's the Holy Spirit giving him this understanding right here, and it's, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. It can't be Peter, because he hasn't studied that much. And he starts saying, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. Okay, this is the boldness now of Peter and the understanding that he suddenly has, because just before this in Acts two, it's, it's Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit comes on all the people in the upper room. Okay, and they are all filled with the Holy Spirit, as was evidenced in, uh, in speaking in tongues. So this is the understanding that comes with that closeness to the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 3, right after that. And we're going to start in, right in verse 1. And here's Peter again. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, and the story goes on where Peter um, doesn't take any credit for that. You know, he gives all the credit to God, you know. and says, why why are you all looking so surprised? You know, it's uh, Jesus who you crucified. uh, It's in his name that we healed this person. And that's another um, aspect of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned to you before, the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. But the other thing is that we have to make sure that as we do anything with the Holy Spirit that He gets the credit. Okay? That we don't start taking on that credit for ourselves. And uh, you can look at past history in the past century and uh, at, that, at some ministries or ministers that began to take the credit for themselves. And that ministry usually winds up falling apart. Usually it doesn't doesn't last. Because that credit needs to go to God. Let's go to 4. Acts 4, verse 8. Now, Peter and John, of course, were arrested for doing what they had done, you know, and disrupting everything and talking in the name of Jesus, which they were told not to do. So it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has, made, he has been made well, let it be known to you all. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. See, Now here's Peter again with the boldness that he's speaking to the Sahendra. Now he doesn't know what's going to happen. With, I mean, we know the story. We know that they're, they're arrested and, and I think they flogged them and then they let them go. But he doesn't know that, you know. As far as he knows, they could take him and crucify him right now. But he just spoke with the boldness. He had the boldness of the Holy Spirit on, on him, you know, with him in, in speaking this way. Let's go to chapter 5. The story of Ananias and Sapphira. This is really an uh, interesting story when you really look at the aspects of this. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold possessions. Now, the, the people at that time the, the, uh, within, within the body of believers, they were um, taking things that they owned and bringing them to the apostles or selling them and bring the, bringing the money to the apostles. And this was, you know, uh, something that they just wanted to make sure that they were sharing with everybody who didn't have something so that those who had were sharing with those who didn't have. So here comes Ananias and Sophia, and they really want to look good. So they sell a piece of land, okay? And let, let's say it was $100,000, all right? And obviously, they didn't have dollars back then. So they came to the apostles, and they brought $50,000 with them, and they said, we sold this land, and we're giving the money to you guys to give out. Here's $50,000. So Peter knew. Now, how does he know? He knows through the understanding of the Holy Spirit that they were lying, that they, and he could see it. I mean, the Holy Spirit just gave him that insight into that, you know, that they were lying. And he said to them, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Why? And at that, they dropped dead. First Ananias, and then later Sapphira, because she wasn't there at the time, came back, and uh, Peter asked, specifically asked the question, did you sell your, your land for this amount of money? And she said yes, so she lied too, and then she died also. So you could see, again, that the power of the Holy Spirit in Peter, in the sense that, number one, he knew they lied. Number two, he knew they were going to die because of lying to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so really um, uh, serious uh, moves of the Holy Spirit back then. Remember, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever, you know? So, I mean, when we look back and we say, well, that was the early church. This is now. It's done. True, you know, and not not if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, let's go to chapter 6. I'm going to talk about a different person now. And we're going to start in verse 8. One of the disciples, Stephen. Okay, he was not an apostle, okay, but obviously one of the followers. And it says, And Stephen, full of faith, And power did great wonders and signs among the people, okay? Wonders and signs. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? But is what we want to see today. We want to see wonders and signs. We don't see a lot of that. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Okay, he had great wisdom and the spirit in which he spoke. He had the Holy Spirit. Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said... This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against his holy place and the law. But we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Okay. He didn't defend himself. He, he spoke, and he and he does. He goes on. He gives a, a, a real good rendition of the Old Testament and how it flows into the New Testament, I think it's, marvel- it's marvelous to read. Uh, and I, I really want to encourage all of Bridge Builders Church to read the Acts of the Apostles and to, to really read it several times, okay? Because as you're reading, you will just see over and over again how the Holy Spirit really moved at that time among various people. Let's go to one more chapter and that's 9. Chapter 9. We're just going to look at verse 17. 9:17. 17. And this is uh the, the story of uh Paul and um and sorry, this is a story of um Peter, when he uh, is asked to uh, find out that the Gentiles actually are also included in all of this, uh, what's going on. It's not this, just the Jewish people. But it's in, in verse 17, it says, Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, I'm, I don't know, it is Paul, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm getting myself confused here. That, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the, on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, God fills Paul with the Holy Spirit right away. All right? It's important that after he is um, knocked off his horse and he accepts Jesus that he is also filled with the Holy Spirit because it's something that's really, really important. All right, we're finished with Acts for now. Let's just go to John uh, chapter 16. And start in, uh, we're going to read verse 7, and then we're going to skip down to 16. Okay, so this is Jesus talking and he's promising, sending the Holy Spirit. And it's going to give us some reasons why we need that Holy Spirit. In 7 he says, nevertheless I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, why Jesus has to go away before the Holy Spirit comes, uh, don't really know. All right? it, this is just what Jesus said, all right? that it, the Holy Spirit would not come unless he went, Jesus went away first. All right? So he's sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as some of you said before, he's the helper, he's the counselor. He's what we need, okay, so that we know what's going on. He gives us that discernment that we need a lot of times. He also guides us into the truth if we look at verse 13. It says, however, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak And he will tell you things to come. See, all three persons are involved in in, in this verse right here. This is Jesus speaking. Okay, he says, when the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into uh, all all truth. But he won't speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, the Father saying, all right, that's what uh, that's what he will hear. So we hear from God. All right, Through the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. Just go back a page to chapter 14. And verse starting in verse 15. Again, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, "If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever." This is the real neat thing. When you really think about this, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He's God. So we have God Almighty, the Creator of the whole universe, living inside of us. As long as we have accepted Jesus as our oh, Lord and Savior. Okay, it's it's just to me, it's just such an amazing thing that God really wants to live inside of us. And again, he, uh, this is another place where he says, the Spirit of truth, he, the Holy Spirit leads us to know the truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. Uh, I will come to you. You know, an orphan is someone who doesn't have somebody to care for them. Okay? And orphans, the children who are orphans don't have anybody that is caring for them. So he tells us specifically, Jesus tells us that he will not leave us as orphans. He will have somebody here to care for us. So this is the Holy Spirit that we that we want to have. So I think it's really important as we move on that we Number one, that we ask for this infilling of the Holy Spirit, that we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between giving our lives to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes with that. You know, the Holy Spirit comes into our life because we have given our lives to Jesus, and also being filled with the Spirit, which is, I don't want to call it like a, a ladder or steps, you know, where you're going up. And I don't think that's the correct terminology. But there's just another aspect of our lives if we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to learn a little bit more about this as we go on in weeks. But a lot of it just comes with asking the Holy Spirit to come. So that bridge builders can be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we can be led by the Holy Spirit and that's meaning staying in tune with God, staying in tune with the Holy Spirit, who's living in us at all times, and then finally walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be a learning experience. We're, Jay and I are going to learn with you, because this is not like we're experts in this. We're going to study Scripture and you know ask God to reveal the things that, that we need. But the attitudes that we have to have and I think the first one that really comes to my mind is desperation. We need to be desperate for this. This is not something where, you know, in the morning I'll get up and say, um, God, please give me the Holy Spirit and then move on, you know, from there. He wants us to be desperate for this. And in that desperation, uh, he will uh, answer. Let's, let's just look at Luke eleven. Actually, eleven eleven. That's an easy one to remember. This is important if, you, if, if you've never really uh, noticed this before. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? You know, if we're God's children, we think of, if if we're parents especially, and you think if your child comes up and asks you for something, you know, would you give him something that would even harm him, like a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Okay, once again, something that can harm him. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, because we are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. See, I believe if we if we're asking God to be filled, if we're asking God to be led, if we're asking God for the power of the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give us a scorpion, He's not going to give us a stone. Okay, He will answer that prayer. But but this prayer needs to be very, very sincere and and desperate like we said before. And of course we need to ask this with humility. I mean, that always comes with anything like that. One last scripture is in John. John 7, verse 37. And this is Jesus at one of the feasts while he was still alive. He stood, it says Jesus stood, uh, let's go back to the beginning of the verse, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this is what I think all of us would love to experience. We we want to overflow with the Holy Spirit. We, we want people to be able to see that Holy Spirit in our every word, our every action that comes during the day. But, you know, we need God to help us with that. We can't do that on our own. We just can't, you know, make that commitment in the morning when we get up. You know, I am not going to sin today. I am not going to... Uh, Say anything that's negative. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And, of course, by the end of the day, you could make a nice long list on toilet paper, you know, of all the things that you said that you weren't going to do and and that you did. Because you need God to, to take you in, in all of this. Okay? It's how closely we want to walk with God that's going to happen. So, it, you know, it's up to us to stay to stay close to God. Remember the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself on anyone at all. Okay? If if you don't want the Holy Spirit, he it's for as far as the Holy Spirit's concerned it's hands off, you know? He's not going to force himself on you. It's going to be up to us how much do we want this? You know, and and just Pay close attention as as we go through the weeks, and and we're talking you know lots about that as as Jay uh, next week uh, continues the, uh, the the series, and you'll see various aspects of it, and you know a, as you do, there's a there's a lot of growth that we all can experience. But once again, continue reading the Acts because th- there's there's just so much in there that you could you know if you really start taking it apart and saying wow. That's really what it's all supposed to be about. This is the way church is supposed to be, all right. and, uh, and, and it would help us out. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that your, your Holy Spirit does point to Jesus at all times. And uh, as we do, Lord God, we just want to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and to be led at all times. So that we are just following you. That we are drawing closer to you in this Lord God. And that it will help us in leading many others to you in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.